everyone, live from St. Columbus College, Essendon, you're listening to Columba Live on Live FM. My name is Sophie, my co-hosts today are Katerina, Ashlyn and Alyssa. Our special guest today is an inspiring nutritionist for teens, an advocate for positive teenage body image and a proud St. Columbus alumni. Please welcome Jell. We're so happy to have you on our show. How are you today? I'm good, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It's all right. So Jell, what got you interested in nutrition? I got interested in nutrition. Um, I was actually studying law and journalism at the time. So I was about 21. um, And then I became quite unwell, had a not very healthy relationship with food and became my body became really unhealthy at that point as well and decided that because my family were really concerned about me, I was going to go to a doctor, Um, went to the GP and found out that I'd caused some harm to my body and learned about the importance of nutrition to take care of yourself. Um, So from there, I finished my law and journalism degree and went straight into Bachelor of Health Sciences so I could become a nutritionist and help other young people so they didn't go down the same path as me. Um, so hi, I'm Katarina. So teens often have busy schedules with school and like extracurricular activities. So mm. what would you say are some strate- strategies for maintaining a good diet? Yeah, really, really good question. I think I wish I knew the answer to this when I was at high school because I don't know about you, but I find that I found that when I was at school, I would really be relying on like food that was really quick and easy, which was fantastic and so important. But I feel like I'd get heaps of energy. I'd have a little bit of energy for a time and then I would just like come crashing down and just not want to do any more work. So what I've learned is the importance of starting with breakfast in the morning uh, and having a meal that's really filling and satisfying that includes um, protein as part of it as well. So having like if you're having porridge, like putting some peanut butter on top or if you're having like toast, yeah, having like peanut butter and putting some banana and like making sure that you have some kind of source of protein in your first meal of the day. Mm -hmm. And then making sure that you have lots of snacks. It's ma- it's better to have something than to not have anything at all. So making sure that you have a snack that you really, really enjoy, something that makes you feel good and satisfied um, is super important. Hi, I'm Ashlyn. Um, a lot of teens struggle with their view on their body. How can proper nutrition play a role in promoting a healthy body image and better self-esteem? Um, really good question. Um, look, I think nutrition is part of the picture, but I think particularly when it comes to body image, it's, I would say, put food to the side. It's more about accepting and appreciating your body as it is right now. So regardless of any changes that you want to make, whether that's with nutrition or lifestyle or other things, appreciating your body just as it is today is the best starting point when it comes to body image and looking at what your body does rather than what it looks like is super, super important. So when we're thinking about things that our body like does for us being like it breathes, you know, I'm able to have my cycle, I'm able to manage stress, I'm able to maintain relationships, like that is where it's really at rather than, you know, body checking in the mirror or fixating on physical features. The more we can focus on what our body does and celebrate that, that's where the real picture of positive body image comes in. 
Um, so how can parents encourage their teenagers to make healthy food decisions and also guide them and help them with their body image if there's any like issues? Really good question. Um, a lot of it does start in the home. So there's this concept called um, generational dieting. So basically it's the idea that our view of our body is influenced by what we learn in the home. So if we grow up in a situation where we're watching our parents like weigh themselves or measure their cereal, this is the way like I grew up like a very much in like a diet centric household, it normalizes that behavior. And even when it comes to the way that we dress, like if we, you know, our mum is getting changed or our dad is getting changed and like, oh, this doesn't look good. This doesn't look right. I should only wear this color because it makes me feel this way. Hearing our you know, the people in our lives, in our homes, talk about their bodies in that way, it normalizes it. So then it's very not uncommon for people to internalize that kind of messaging and be like, oh, maybe I should be concerned about the way that I look. So a good starting point for parents is to really speak positively about their body in the home, because that kind of fosters that you know, an environment where you appreciate your body there. And then in terms of nutrition, one of the most powerful things parents can do is eat the same food as their young people. So even from childhood and then into teenage years as well, like you're more inclined to eat a more diverse diet if your parents are eating a diverse diet and making time for meals to be shared together which you know is not always possible we have extracurricular activities we have things going on which is fantastic but committing to one or two nights a week where you have dinner as a family and you all eat the same thing and you know you plan your grocery lists and stuff together and making it you know a household thing can go a long way to help with that too yeah, that's um, great in case you're just tuning in, you're listening to Columba Live on Live FM, live from St. Columbus College, Essendon. My name is Sophie and my co-hosts are Katarina, Ashlyn and Alyssa. Our special guest today is Jal, a nutritionist for teens and St. Columbus alumni. So you're being back at St. Columbus today. You are an alumni. <laughs> Have you noticed a lot of change in the school? So much change. Oh, my goodness. I was saying it to the girls even as we were walking here. Like one of my classrooms is now an office and like we're actually sitting outside my year 12 classroom right now, <laughs> which is pretty crazy. Um, and I'm sure the floor was a different color. Um, it's changed heaps, but like in such an incredible way. And I think yeah. I was here at a time when they I graduated at the end of 2012 when they were doing all of these renovations. So it's quite cool to get to sit and enjoy it because I got to walk around all the construction and now I get to see the final product. So very cool. Yeah, just at the moment they're building a new building just over there. So we're in the middle of the construction as well. So I understand like it would be cool to come back and see it. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And just to see like so many young people still around the school and they're so happy. It's like, oh, just, you know, brings you back to that time when you were here. So, yeah. When you were in high school, uh, what career path were you thinking of going down? So I didn't know what I wanted to do when I finished school. Um, I remember it was about year nine when we had to start kind of thinking about electives and all of that kind of stuff. And I went home and I was like, oh, just don't know what I'm going to do. I was saying this to mum and dad. And mum was like, well, you never stop talking. So maybe law or journalism <laughs> could be something for you. And honestly, that was it. And I was doing debating at the time at school. And I was like, oh, maybe that's for me. And Honestly, I got to the end of my law degree and I was like, I still don't quite know what a lawyer does. So like, <laughs> yeah, probably a good thing I didn't end up going down that path. But yeah, definitely changed a lot. Um, so you said you didn't really know what you wanted to do. So what kind of subjects did you do? Like, did you open, did you keep an open mind? Did you have a broad like subject range? 
looking back, I really wish I did, uh, but I, I niched a lot. So when I kind of made the decision that I wanted to do um, law and arts, I made the call to be like, okay, let's choose subjects within that realm. But with law and arts, it's really general. Like the only thing you need is English. So kind of was like, so I make sure I chose English. I had to choose Italian because I – my parents, I was very grateful. They let me go on the Italy trip when I was in year 10, but the condition on going on the Italy trip was you have to do Italian until the end of year 12. Um, so I did that. I did business management. So I run my own business now, so I guess that kind of works. I did legal studies, further maths, and then I did politics in year 11. But I dropped science in year nine, and then I had to pick it up again when I was 22 to do my Bachelor of Health Sciences, which is not something, yeah, which was a fun time to say the very least. Yeah. Um, so at the moment we're in PBR week, which is project-based learning. Um, was there anything that you did at St. Columbus that inspired you to in any of your careers? Honestly, the most inspiration I got in terms of careers came from when we had guest speakers at the school. Mm -hmm. And I think that kind of broadened my idea of like the kind of stereotypical jobs that you could get. And I think, and particularly at school when we did, I think it was Pathways and we did it in year 10 and the teachers said, many of you are going to work in professions that don't exist yet. And I, at the time I was like, yeah, true. Um, but I think since leaving school, I'm like, wow, like this is not a job I ever thought that yeah. I would have. So yeah, I didn't even know it existed. Our teachers say that to us a lot as well. There's definitely some truth to that. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, if you were to have another career path now, what career do you think you'd choose? Do I have any skill? Like, do I, am I able to just be able to do anything? Yeah, any, anything. Okay. <laughs> okay. I like that opens it up because growing up, I really wanted to be like a pop star. I can't sing. <laughs> uh, so that, that was shot. Um, if I could have any career, honestly, I, if I can make my business now what I'm doing, something I do completely full time, 110%, that's what it would be. Yeah. Um, you're telling us about your business. Can you tell us a bit more about it, like what you do in it? Yeah, absolutely. So my business is called This Is Your Body um, and I founded it in October 2020. Um, this is not a job, again, that I thought I would ever have. Basically, I was working at St. Rose on Rose Street at the time and I'd finished my law degree and I was just started studying nutrition at that point. And one of my old business teacher, Miss Cirillo, came in as a customer and she asked me what I was doing with my life. And I told her and she's like, why don't you come and speak to the year nines? And I was like, oh, but like, what would I talk about? And she's like, no, no, just come share your story. And I did. And after I shared my story with like disordered eating, I had a few girls come up to me afterwards and say like, thank you. Like I'm going through this too. And I was like, oh, there's something to this. So then from there I started looking into it and it turned out that a lot of schools run programs that support young people with nutrition. So that's the main part of my business. So I visit schools and I talk about body image, nutrition and mental health with teens. And then in addition to that, I am a clinical nutritionist. So I see clients one-on-one -on -one to support them with their nutrition and with my journalism degree I like run my social media and I write articles for places like the Butterfly Foundation so yeah very good um, could you give us like any examples or stories of how your abilities have like helped teenagers or have positively impacted them yeah um it really touches my heart when someone comes up to me after a presentation and says that the story resonated I think that is just really when you know that you've done something and I think a lot of the time too like when especially when you're speaking to massive groups um 
you know, sometimes they don't want to ask questions afterwards, but you'll get a DM afterwards. And like, even when you guys reached out, like, oh my, I cried at my phone when I was like, oh my God, I sent a screenshot to my sister and my mom. And I was like, this is the most beautiful thing ever. So stuff like that. And um, after each of my presentations as well, like I send out a survey monkey to, you know, ask the students what they got out of it. And just some of the feedback that comes through there. Like I literally sit on my phone and cry like I'm just like <laughs> of gratitude. So yeah, they're, they're the kind of things that make me feel like, oh, like what you're doing is worthwhile. Um, so you're saying in lockdown, you started the business. Did lockdown impact your business in any way? Lockdown helped my business actually, um, because I was living, it was crazy at the time. Like I was living at home with my parents, my sister, my brother, his now wife who just moved into a moved in with us and our cat, Ali. And um, so we were all living together and I'd done one presentation here at St. Columbus. And I was like, I, I so I messaged Miss um, Cirillo, my business teacher, and I said, oh, is there any opportunity for me to come and speak again? And she's like, look, the girls are struggling a little bit. Um, will you just run an online chat? And I did. And then I reached out to a few other schools and ended up doing cook-alongs. That was like an activity for the students to actually get involved, especially because like I was studying as well, like studying online was just not a good time. Um, so yeah, so it was actually really good during COVID because I was able to run live cook-alongs and talks and support young people with their mental health through that. So yeah. Um, are there any snacks or meals that you particularly like more than others? Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so many snacks. Anything chocolate and peanut butter is 110% my vibe. Um, I'm obsessed with like at the moment there's like this viral trend going around of like date bark where you like put um, medjool dates, like you lay them in a single layer on a tray, drizzle peanut butter and then chocolate on top and then you set it and then in the fridge and you cut it up. It's so good. Um, otherwise, fruit, I'll just grab some nuts from the fridge. I always have chocolate and tea like 2 o'clock, 2.30 p.m. Like that is my time. And if coffee is a snack, 100 That's what's what happening. Um, what do you love about sharing online recipes to people? Um, so I'm Italian and I love my nonnas dearly and I've always grown up with food very present in my life. So being able to share my passion and what I really, really enjoy is just where it's at and in a way that's really accessible to young people to be able to access the recipes and like last year at Christmas time I did like this is your body Christmas and I had my nonna on live cook-alongs so like people would like cook along with my nonna and I and it was just like such a special thing to get to bring like it's a way for me to bring my family into my business and like even now I had an appointment this morning and I quickly popped into my nonna's house before I came here and I left with like a we call it a we call it a cachofli, but it's like an like a stuffed artichoke, and she sent me with a bag of biscuits and coffee and whatever. And it's like it's so special to get to share my love of food because food is so much more than like calories and all of that kind of thing. Food yeah. is connection. So being able to share recipes that bring people together that people can share with their families, yeah, it's yeah. very special. What's like your favorite food of all time? Just <laughs> <laughs> tough question. All, all the tough questions today. <sighs> I'm going to, I'm going to pick a broad one. I'm going to say pasta, right? So then at least I get an option of all possible sources. <laughs> so yeah. Um, was there anything that made you second guess this career? Oh, every day. Uh, <laughs> so many things. Um, I'm someone who loves certainty. I'm very routine. I'm a routine driven human being. Um, so to go into a business that's like go into business, which is super unpredictable. Um, yeah, there's times I doubt it all the time. Um, but Every day I'm kind of reminded about 
like I remember my why and why I've chosen to do this and like the people that I'm supporting and it's a hundred percent a yes every single day. So, yeah. So what would you say is your favorite part about your job? Uh, presenting a hundred percent is my favorite part of the job. Even if the lead up to it is stressful, I'm one of those weird people. I like public speaking. Um, <laughs> probably wouldn't have chosen this job if I didn't. Um, but getting to go around, particularly when I do like body image talks, I do activities where we get like the young people to get into like little groups and chat amongst themselves and getting to just stand in their little story, in their groups and hear their stories warms my heart more than anything. I had this one, there's one that really stands out from it was about a year and a bit ago now. I was at um, Catholic Regional College and we did a talk on body image and I had the girls in small groups and I was asking them to talk about their insecurities. And one of the girls in the group, she said, she was in year nine, she said, I was really, really, I used to really hate my nose, I hated it. And then I realized something and I was like, oh, what did you realize? And she said, I realized I had the same nose as my grandma and I have the same nose as my little sister. And she goes, I never, she goes, that was like a gift to me from her. And now I get to have that part of my family with me. So she's like, I've made it my mission now to model that to my little sister so that she doesn't hate her nose in the way that I did. And then like hearing stories like that, it's like, how special is this? You know? (laughs) Yeah. Um, So you're saying you like public speaking. Do you have any tips for us? Because we have a few orals coming up. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Um. I would say read over it as many times as you can in the lead up, read over it as many times as you can. And if you're allowed to have notes, have them in a way that you understand them. Like don't compare your notes to anybody else's notes. I think that was a massive thing I fell into. I was like, oh, I have to have the cool cue cards and have it all stuck on there. I was like, no, whatever works for you works. And then For me, in the lead up on the day of the presentation, I'll do one read through in the morning just to make sure. I don't necessarily do it out loud, but I do read it. And then before I go on to present, it's just literally close my eyes, three deep breaths, and just trust that I've done the preparation in the lead up to do it. And then one more thing in the prep that I, my brother actually taught me this, is you do it in the mirror, which I know sounds really silly, but by doing it in the mirror, you realize how much eye contact you actually make. Mm -hmm. So it kind of forces you to, you know, do that. So practice saying it out loud. That's good advice. Um, So you've mentioned before how you run your own business. Is Mm. there anyone who helps you like other than your family with your business, any employees? And if not, would you like to in the future expand? Oh, 100% I need some helpers. Um, I, I'm a one-man show. Uh, when I go to schools now, like they're like, have you got your team here? I was like, this is the team. <laughs> um, and I need, to, I need to find a way to like I need to get a wagon or something because sometimes I'm coming into schools with this giant box of stuff and the teachers are like, okay, so we've just got three flights of stairs to get to the room. So do you need a hand? I'm like, I'm good. <laughs> I'm not. Um, so there's two people would be my hire. One of them, the first person I would love to hire is like a partnerships coordinator so someone who could contact the schools for me and organize all the presentation dates because forming connections with new schools is really challenging and time consuming the other one which is a silly one but would be very helpful is someone to wash my dishes because (laughs) oh my god the mountains of dishes I have when I recipe test and all that kind of stuff um yeah sometimes I just wish I'm like oh someone could wash them voluntarily would be amazing but um yeah I think that'd be a great one 
yeah it would be at the moment family do an amazing job like I've had some presentations where I've had like 300 students and I make a snack for each of them and I've had my happy helpers (laughs) filling little bags of granola for me so I'm very appreciative of my family (laughs) do you have any other study tips sorry going back to the oral just like not just for orals but like in general yeah um sorry it's called this is what got me through year 11 and 12. It's called teach the dog. So basically by teaching, you're actually able to learn things better because if you're able to explain what you've learned to somebody else, you're better able to understand it for starters. And you're also more able to do it in your own words, which is really important. So when I was in year 12, I distinctly remember doing this. I would sit on my bed and I would talk to my, I didn't have a dog. So I would talk to my cushions and I would literally be like, and this is what this is. And this is why it's like this and da, 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 da. and like if my mom would walk past the room she'd be like who are you talking to I was like the cushions need to understand the constitution <laughs> it is so important but yeah teach it as much as possible um would be that tip and my other tip would be try not to I know it's hard try not to talk about a test or an exam after the fact it's out of your control and I found sometimes it was so unhelpful when you'd be like what did you get for question three did you write this did you write this and if you didn't write that you'd freak out (laughs) and it's like for starters it's out of your control at that point and two it's like your friend may not be right so you may be stressing for nothing so yeah I have a law test next week so I'll take some of that advice on board (laughs) I'm glad (laughs) um as students going to VC what do you think we should take out of year 11 and 12 Ah, in terms of what? Like, as in like just experiences or is there anything you regretted like not doing? Oh, okay, I get what you mean. Um, mm, good question. I would say maintain your friendships and relationships as much as possible. They are your people. They will help you get you through. And I found it particularly helpful having friends in my year level as well because you literally only have each other, you know, like and someone who's literally going through the exact same experience as you to talk about it with is so important. And maintain your co-curriculars. I did the Rocker Steadford when I was in year 12. And at times it was so stressful. Like it was like two nights of rehearsal all day on Sundays. But by having more things on, it meant that when I did have time to study, I couldn't procrastinate. So just don't stop doing the things that you enjoy would be my advice. So what are your um, some other hobbies or interests that you have? Oh, this is always my most dreaded question. Uh, <laughs> hobbies and interests. I love um, – I live in Torquay now, so I moved to the coast at the end of last year. So any walk, – like walking by the beach is definitely – if that's a hobby, that's what I do. Yeah. Um, I love Pilates. I love getting a coffee. Um, I love podcasts so much. And reading would also be a hobby. And cooking, of course. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So unfortunately, that's all we've got time for t- for today. Make sure you follow Jal on Instagram, the, the account This Is Your Body. You've been listening to Columbo Live on Live FM with our special guest, Jal. Your host today was me, Sophie, and your co-hosts were Katerina, Alyssa, and Ashlyn. Thank you so much for listening. Enjoy the rest of your day. Mm-hmm.